Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. I'm happy to have you ask questions, anybody that's out there. Prof, can you describe the process of ovarian stimulation and what leads to ovarian hyperstimulation? Okay, that's a half an hour lecture. Um, <laughs> but we'll start. So ovarian uh, stimulation for an IVF cycle is what we're talking about. And what we start with before anything else is what happens in nature. And what we're doing with IVF is actually hyping up what normally happens in nature. And what normally happens in nature is that when a period occurs, around about that time, there are something in the order of 5 to 20 early eggs starting to grow. And what happens within five or six days, and we still don't understand quite why, how nature does it, but unlike a rabbit or um, other animals, we don't multi-ovulate. We only produce one egg a month. So of those five to 20 eggs, most of them actually die off and only one egg keeps on growing in what's called the dominant follicle. Uh, 14 days later, with the hormone events that occur that control the build-up of the egg, the maturation of the egg controlled by the pituitary gland, <clears throat> the egg is released, and hopefully if there's sperm around the place, there's a chance of a pregnancy. So what we're doing in IVF, using the drugs we use, so we're, do, we're giving higher doses of the pituitary hormones that stimulate that one follicle, we're giving much, much higher doses by injections in the tummy. And what that does is rescue that five to 20 eggs that I was talking about and carries them forward um, as a single cohort without them dying off. So that when we get to the time of egg collection, hopefully we're producing somewhere between eight and 12 eggs. That's our ideal. So that stimulation regime involves mostly a daily injection of the FSH. The other part of it, and I've mentioned earlier in the natural situation, is the pituitary gland decides when to release the egg. The hormones from the pituitary gland trigger that ovulation process. We don't want that to happen in IVF, so what we do is we actually give a, another medication which switches off the pituitary so we have total control on when the eggs will be released. Usually, I mean, the average number of days of injection is 11. Sometimes it can be 9 or 10. Sometimes it can drag on for 14, 15 days. It's not predictable. 
The dosing of the drug that we use is a wide range of, medi- of dosages ranging from 100 units a day to 450 units a day. And the doctor chooses that, the specialist chooses that on the basis of their medical condition. So, for instance, polycystic ovaries, we would use a lower dose because we know those ovaries are going to respond more strongly. They've got more basic follicles there. Or in an older woman, we might use a high dose because we know that the numbers of eggs are very low. But that'll be a decision a specialist makes. You mentioned the downsides, potential downsides of ovarian stimulation. So the first one is that the woman doesn't respond particularly well and we cancel the cycle because it's not happening and we start again perhaps with a higher dose. Occasionally the pituitary gland still interferes and we get ovulation prematurely before we collect the eggs. And then at the time of the collection, we may find that the ovarian stimulation and the triggering of that final maturation process hasn't worked. That's rare, but sometimes can happen. And we don't get eggs or we don't get fertilization of the eggs. The one big downside, which used to be the one big downside of of IVF and, and ovarian stimulation was overstimulation. So uh, in that situation, instead of producing the sort of 8 to 12 eggs, we're talking 20, 30, 40. And my my biggest number was 55 eggs um, from one patient. And when we get that number of eggs, the body reaction to the injections that we give to trigger ovulation, to mature the eggs, which used to be in that situation the pregnancy hormone HCG, that actually triggered a change in various body functions like the permeability, the ability of the blood vessels to hold fluid within them. The blood vessels became leaky. The fluid went into the lungs, went into the tummy, and those women would end up in, potentially end up in hospital. And in the worst case scenarios, needing intensive care. And around the world, there used to be two or three deaths a year from the side effect of, of Hibernian hyperstimulation. So we've always been nervous. We've never lost, as far as I know, never lost a patient with OHSS in Australia. We don't need to be concerned about that anywhere near as much these days because what we discovered about a decade ago is that using not the pregnancy hormone but actually using the pituitary's own LH by stimulating that, the, those changes in the leakiness of blood vessels does not occur. Almost 100% we can say we're not going to get OHSS anymore if we follow appropriate regimes. There are still cases and sometimes we get surprises, but it's much, much less than it was. We pulled out some data a year or so ago which suggested a decade ago, something like 3% of women were being admitted to hospital with OHSS. It's now down to 0.5%. So so it's significantly less than it used to be, and that's because we've changed the trigger injection in those cases where women are running at risk. When we get it, it is a transient disease. Once the estrogen levels start to fall, the woman gets better spontaneously. The important thing is not to over-treat the patient. That being, if someone gets OHSS, it's very important they're looked after by specialists who understand the problem. 
because there's certain treatments that actually make things worse. Okay, so ovarian hyperstimulation, almost a thing of the past. Not quite, but much less than it was, and certainly something we don't these days uh, raise the concerns as, as we used to. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 